I want to thank our sponsor, Flight Club Spirits, which is an aircraft-inspired collaboration between contemporary artists, graphic aircraft, and the internationally award-winning Defiance Distillery. They produce eight different types of aviation-themed gym and rum, each with a different iconic aircraft pictured on the bottle to suit all different types of geek. Make sure you head to their website at defiancedistillery.co.uk to check out all their amazing spirits and products. So you've got quite the book collection behind you. I'll take a picture, I'll show yeah, people later. But yeah, well, is, is it all aviation based or what, uh, what do you like to read? A lot of it, yeah, probably from, yeah, yeah a lot of it is. Uh-huh. Um, in fact, yeah, you're right, probably most of it is. There's a few few novels and things like that. I, t- I tend to have a thin out of the novels because the, I try and keep the one, it's nice to have a few around, but yeah. it's, it's nice to keep the ones that you probably will revisit. Yeah. So there's a, there's a stack there. But yeah, I see a Harry is. Potter book and they'll be uh, a bit concerned. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 book, yeah. Yeah. But how have you actually written now then? Or you, uh, so that uh, RF book was was six that have been published. Can you show the camera that one? Yeah, actually? of course I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Get so yeah, this was uh, yeah this was number six, which um, and it's um, it, it, it's basically it's an operational history of the area. Yeah. So I, I, I work very closely with it, and I have worked for all but one of my books with with uh, an editor called Jasper. So uh, sorry, there you go. Yeah. So um, so Jasper rang me up one day a couple of years back and said, "Mate, mate, I've got." <laughs> Well, because we were sort of bounce ideas off each other, and, and we'd come up with the idea of the javelin tornado. Yeah, yeah. And he said, "All right, Michael, we're going to do." He said, 90 years of the RAF." So I said, "Jasper, do you mean 100 years? 100 years of the RAF?" Yeah, okay, mate. And so, uh, yeah, so this is it. And what it, um, there were two things really. Um, firstly, that I, the, I mean, obviously, numerous books have been written for yeah. the Air Force. Um, my interest, obviously, was the operational side of it because that's where my experience and, and yeah. interest lies. Um, but what I found was that the, nobody had written a book which actually chronologically went through everything. So there was a great, okay. there's a book called by Michael Armitage, I think produced the 90s, Sir Michael, Air Marshal Sir Michael Armitage, mm-hmm. where anyway, it's always the book to get. But it didn't go through things in chron- so you'd read things and then you'd jump and then come back and the rest of it. But the other thing is that all, most of these books, almost all of them, are about the First World War and about the Second World War, and then not left, you know, there's three pages left saying, and then they did stuff, full stop. Yeah. So on this, what I'm very really proud about is the fact that the end of the Second World War is about halfway through that book. Mm-hmm. So the end of the Second World War was the Air Force had been 30 years old. Right, yeah. So yeah. that's only, you know, well, 30% of. Yeah. <laughs> Funny cool. of Even I can do that maths. <laughs> Good maths. <laughs> I'm getting this. You don't need a navigator around. So, yeah. So actually, seventy percent of uh, of the Air Force history happened after World yeah. War Two. So to actually re- you know, re- reduce it to sort of maybe just three pages or whatever, because I is, think um, yeah, I think we know, talked about that before. Um, sorry, I'm just I'm just making sure yeah. everything's in, uh, correct here. Um, yeah. We were t- we watched. Uh, I think I mentioned it to you about the RAF 100 documentary. Yeah. yeah. And they just missed out the Cold War. Well, that's right. Which I thought was um, bizarre. Or they might have briefly mentioned yeah. it, but it was. But there's all... so much other stuff that went through the 1950s. You know, not just the Cold. Well, yes, the Cold War stuff. So, yeah. Was it? But in terms of, I mean, the Korean War, mm-hmm. which I've just started to work on, would you believe? Yeah. But but again, what I hadn't realised till I started looking into that was that there were about 80, 80 odd guys who flew. F- um, I've, uh, fast jets of some sort, mm-hmm. either Sabres or F-84s or uh, Meteors with the Americans mm-hmm. or the Australians out in Korea. Um, it just kind of gets forgotten. There's a whole series thing. There's all stuff going on in the Middle yeah. East, um, the Far East. 
um, all through, I mean, lots of Cyprus stuff. Um, and then, of course, all through, well, you know, Falklands, Gulf War, um, and on you know, through to, you know, all, all the stuff through Iraq, Afghanistan, Iraq yeah. again. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, I joined the Air Force and, and, and you know, I'm, I'm a child of the Gulf War, of, of, of the Cold War. Mm -hmm. um, and that was my experience in my first two tours. And it was when I arrived, you know, we, we did nuclear car race. You'd be there with your airplane with a nuke on board, mm -hmm. ready to go. So we did, well, we sat there watching videos. <laughs> and the funny thing was sitting there. So there's, you know, I think there are four airplanes where it was. So there's eight guys sat there watching a video of the sound of music and everybody go little tears in their eyes as you know whatever and, you know, yeah. Yeah, we were there with these huge great you know, bombs that could blow away a city just over there ready it's to go at 15 minutes notice it's, it's crazy it's you think like that isn't well, it, it is yeah in charge and that's why first, first we never never <clears throat> I, I, that's why i first came across top gun because we um so you arrive in qra and you generally um you'd be there well as a junior guy you probably go twice or three times a month yeah and sometimes more because the the senior guys, the flight commanders, go in there and go, oh, I've got a meeting. Uh, right, send junior pilot. So yeah, yeah that's me. Yeah. So you know, oh, hello, sir. Yeah, thanks. Mm -hmm. You're in. <laughs> yeah. uh, another weekend in queue. But um, we so there wasn't an awful lot to do. So we played board games, but we also used to watch videos. And somebody, or someone was sent off to go to the local NAFI or whatever it was to come back with a, a handful of um, mm -hmm. of, 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 um, of videos. And uh, we used to one of them was Witness. I do remember the film Witness. So yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. okay. So, so the Witness come on, and the the trailers amongst the trailers were showing it was this thing called Top Gun, and we we go, wow, that's amazing. Mm. In fact, I remember one of the guys, sadly now deceased, who came back one day. So yeah, some called, thing called Top Gun, but I said, like, oh, loads of rubbish. I'm not watching that. What? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, eventually it did come out, and eventually we, we all went off to the local cinema with wives and girlfriends who. Who sat there looking at these uh, triangular hulks playing uh, beach volleyball and looked at us, you know, beer guts, beer, went, nah. Yeah, it's a bit nah. different, yeah, when the reality, yeah. yeah but yeah. but um, um, Top Gun 2 is coming out. What do you think of that? Are you going to go and see it at the cinema? Or you? I think it's one of those things you've got to do. I mean, the Top, go top Gun was, it, um, it was a crap storyline, but it was just an iconic film, wasn't it, really? And, yeah. and, it, it, and it, was, it was so well done, though. Um, and the, the I mean, the great. US Navy are, are fantastically good. Because there was another film, I can't, what is it called now? And it involved a, a, an aircraft carrier going back in time. But again, the US oh, Navy had, yeah. um, we'll remember it in a bit, but the US Navy had actually fully gone on board with that. And mm -hmm. so, I mean, in terms of their recruiting, it was a brilliant thing. Is that the one um, where they're fighting like their Japanese? That's right, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Zero, I can't remember what it's yeah. called, yeah. Mm. Yeah, but some that's great for that actually. I watched that online the other yeah. day, and it's it's really good. It is, yeah, it's really good. And, and then and the US Navy took all these things on board and went, yeah, thank you very much. We'll do that mm. because it got a massive sort of um, mm. everybody wanted to become a Tomcat pilot or a, yeah, or, or work on the deck of you know USS whatever it's going to be. Um, so yeah, so yeah, it will be interesting to see what it's like. I, I hope that it that it lives up. But again, I think so many of the films films as and now I'm becoming an old man. I know, but just there's a CGI and, and things just so unrealistic. Whereas everything on yeah. Top Gun, except for the bit where they're upside down and doing the old yeah. bit to the you know, bird to the, the MIG thing, was actually filmed. And it was real. I mean, it, it, you know, that somebody actually filmed airplanes actually it's doing nothing stuff. Nothing worse than CGI, well, especially it, in aviation. Doing just... stuff that's not real. And you think, oh, really? There was. Like, I don't know if you've seen it. And everyone got. Uh, I think um, everyone believed it. I can't remember what it was on, but it was. Um, Let's just say a Boeing seven four seven CGI, and it was basically um, 
doing an aileron roll over the airport and everyone was like, oh my God, I hope everyone's okay inside. Yeah. It looks so fake, but people fell for but it. The, yeah, yeah. But and like, that, going back to the conversation, that's the thing about, about the whole sort of um, you know, social media thing is, 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 is the crap that puts on there. And nowadays, yeah. you, know, with, you can do so many clever things with videos and photographs and everything yeah. else that what you see is not necessarily... Yeah, some of the editing out there, but yeah. uh, everyone's a photographer now. Uh, like yeah. the, the smartphones are getting so good. So yeah. Them. Just, just put. I mean, some of it's fantastically clever. Some of these songs you see put together. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but you know, anything. Who's got time to do that? But yeah, there's some people who spend too much time, and I do it because it is. Uh, I'm probably getting in trouble for this, but it is my job. Yeah, no, that's uh, but, Like that's it's not like people say it's not really a job. Well, it is. Yeah. But um, yeah, so that's. I, I don't think I would spend as much time on social media if I didn't do what I'm doing right now. It's just. Yeah. It's the best way to interact with people. Well, it is actually. Yeah. It is a great way to reach people, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and um, YouTube's a fickle world, but uh, yeah. sometimes I wish I never started this because <laughs> it can be so hard work. But uh, yeah. yeah, worth well, it though. Oh, yeah, it's worth I, I, it. I, I get, think, I get well, to do great, this. <laughs> well, yeah, that's great, and, and the great and drink this gin, which is yeah. rather nice. Actually, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think the great thing is that whatever you do that, that get and it sort of goes back to my sort of motivation for flying the cadets is actually what gets people interested in, in flying and airplanes yeah. and all that is I think just so important. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that it, it, aviation always is one of those sort of. I don't know, almost sort of geeky things, but you know, it, it is so important to everything we do. Yeah, and and I think it's really great that people do get encouraged to. to, to it gets be a part bad rep though. And... Like I, I remember when I was younger, or even now, I'm saying going to an air show, they'd be like, mm. "Nerd alert!" You know, it still has that yeah. weird stigma if you're not into it, uh, which is a shame, really, because I like I try to get my friends to go to air show. And I'll just say, just imagine being at the park on a sunny day, having a barbecue and a few beers. It's like that, but there's planes there. But there's planes, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> it, Which makes it even better. But they're yeah. like, nah, they won't have it, which is a shame. But uh, do you get to air shows? Do, uh, I haven't much? done a lot, actually. I, I did back in, I say, I, I was always, um, so almost in the, always in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. So I know, so I did some of the big ones, where, um, so Riyadh, when it started off at Greenham Common, I did a couple oh, of those. Yeah. Biggin Hill we used to go to when I was at university in London we used to go to the Biggin Hill one every year which was great but again it still runs now doesn't it it does but it, it got silly really because people were doing you know it, it became you know how, how low can you go and in fact that's mm. when the invader got wiped out I think doing a sort of wing yeah. thing and I wasn't there for that one but yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah um, so and again because things have got you know, again, if you think back 20, 30 years ago, you know, there were all these different airplanes around, but now mm-hmm. there aren't, are there? Everybody flies an F-16 or an F-18 or a Typhoon, you know, that's yeah. it. Yeah, um, yeah. Or, you know, where it's going to be. Um, although, the, actually, one of the things I saw, I did a, a Riyadh a couple of years ago. Um, my son and I went there, and it was this bloke, doing, it was an Italian, it wasn't a G222, but it never came after that. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm sort of showing my old, a Cold War vintage. Of, uh, so... And he was doing aerobatics in this twin-engined transport airplane on one engine. I thought that is just amazing. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, Absolutely yeah. amazing. You know, I mean. But I, I have to say, like, I'll, no. I'll probably get absolutely rinsed for this. But no. um, <laughs> yeah, 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 I probably will. Uh, but I get really bored at warbirds, uh, like Spitfires. Yeah. I don't, uh, for me, it's it's. I don't know. One's enough, but. People like prefer to go to Duxford than Riyadh. That's fair enough. Everyone's personal, but yeah. it's like Spitfire after Spitfire. It's like once you've seen one kind of thing, if it's all day, it's a bit. I know what you mean, and, and but because <coughs> I was trying to think that about my interest really, and I've because I, I find a a lot of modern day combat aircraft quite boring. All oh, right, fair enough. Yeah, and I find the Warbirds really interesting, but again, one of the problem, big, big, big problems, is that because there are so many Spitfires, whatever. 
Uh, and, and actually, it, it rolls into the whole aviation thing, really, of, you know, about books and things. Another book about the Spitfire, you know. Yeah, they're really. everywhere, yeah. Another book about the Lancaster, really. And, yeah. But publishers know they can sell them, so publishers go for it. So yeah. all the other things that are actually really quite interesting that, that, that just get shoved on one side. And I, I realised that if I went to to, um, <coughs> to Smith today to pick up a few bits and pieces, and mm. I had a quick look at the the aviation magazines, mm -hmm. and yeah, picture of Lancaster on the front. Of course, thinking, yeah, they're always on it. <laughs> yeah. Is there nothing else, really? But oddly enough, the other day, I, I did get to, I was in Duxford, and uh, we with a guy who'd been actually airline flying all his life and we were pottering around looking at the airliners would you believe and there's this sort of noise and looked up and go wow what's that mm -hmm. and it, in fact we even end up working out as it so went in out of clouds it was a Mustang all right but again it was just the noise of it yeah and and it was just really impressive to hear it um and yeah you don't want to listen to it all day you don't want to see it doing you know lots of, and, and I suppose the other thing is that when it does display if it displays it does it quite tightly so you can see it all in front of you mm -hmm. um Whereas, maybe I'm just maybe I'm just the odd one well, out because I'd rather see a tornado display like over a Spitfire any day. I'd I'd like to see a mixture to be honest with you. I think a, yeah. a, a nice mixture of everything so you don't get too much of you know you don't want to see seventeen sort of F sixteens all doing the same thing because they all do do the same thing. And true. actually, when I mean I never did display flying. I never wanted to. I was just about to get onto that. Well, yeah, no, it's struck me as being no. It struck me as it's quite funny actually. Cause again, the, the red arrows is another thing. I, when I was at Chivener on the staff there. Every single staff pilot applied to the Red Arrows, except me. Really? Except me. Well, they all flew a hawk and they wanted to do it, and I was thinking, actually, I think nothing I do want to do less. Frankly. Yeah, there's a lot of people. Why would I want to do like, that? Ex-pilot, like RAF guys, just don't want to be a part of the Reds. No, know. it's it's. I don't know. I thought everyone. Wanted oddly to do. enough, uh, well, yeah. Oddly enough, when I was there, one of my best mates was on the team. Right. And actually, the team that was there at the time were a really lovely bunch of blokes. Oh, yeah, very, very modest. So we're talking about 1991, right? Yeah. 92, that that mm -hmm. season. Um, there was a bunch of really lovely, modest blokes who just wanted to fly airplanes and you know, play golf, I guess, which I don't do. But 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 they um, they 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 were a genuinely nice bunch of blokes mm -hmm. who weren't into poncing around or anything like that. I think there had been in the pre previously, and I don't know. I haven't really followed. I, I don't follow them, so I don't know what's been like in yeah. the, in, subsequently. But I think you do. It does appeal to a certain sort of um, ego, if you like. But somehow, yeah. it had, that year, it had, or those two years or a few years, it had actually mellowed into something really quite, quite pleasantly nice of, of, yeah. of, of decent, you know, good, decent blokes who just want to fly airplanes and, and can yeah. do it very, very well. Um, but yeah, air shows, like I try to get to probably two a year or something like that, yeah. but they're just getting smaller and smaller. And they more are, expensive. They? Yeah. It's more expensive. Uh, exactly. 45 quid uh, for, a, for a ticket. Really? Jeez. Yeah, yeah, that's what we paid. And then you have to take in, like, everything's a fiver, so a B is a fiver. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Expensive. It is, it is, isn't it? And all, all the little stalls and that we go, I think the bookshops are great to wander into. But, yeah. but a lot of people are, like, because um, I've seen your patches on the wall here, a lot of yeah. people are into patches, aren't they? Are you a, a collector or anything like that? No, I, I mean, I've, well, th those are actually, um, I, I just kept one patch from each of the squadron I was on, so it goes 14, 31, yeah, yeah. 151, 14, and my wings. Your wings above, yeah. um, but no, I don't actually. Oddly enough, my, like um, hobby, in the yeah. back of my car, my mother um, saw the badges that I collected mm -hmm. through my, probably through training at first, and she stuck them all on the blanket. So I've got like a, um, in the back of my car, there's like, like a, a blanket, and it's got all these patches all over it. <laughs> yeah. And I've got in my, I've got a little tin trunk over there, it's got some, some, a few bits and pieces in it, which is because I kept them because, because you end up with these things, and what do you do with them? But, um, do you not collect like, like models? Do you have like a model? To, I mean, you've got that, um, tornado. I've like, got a tornado. There's a hawk over there, which, yeah, um, I think yeah. was made in the Philippines, and I wish I'd, 
got a tornado or something at the time, but I didn't. Um, You're not really into. Is it like a bit of like because there's a lot of collectors out there that people collect parts as well. Oh yeah, like, so, like yeah. you know the the a fin off a tornado or something like that. Pay a fortune for it, but mm. yeah, I suppose it's a bit of a busman's kind of holiday, just collecting stuff. Yeah, know, I, I think. I mean, I think I've got again. I've got it. a tin truck over a few bits and pieces. In it. I've got. Um, it's got the. Um, the the umbilical from an aim nine uh, so the uh, oh, missile yeah. and it so it literally is a bit of wire that long with a sort of a, a plug at one end and a whole lot of a whole lot of bent plugs at the other way this yeah. missile's gone off the rail like that yeah so that's there and i i've got i did have a couple of um uh of 27 mil um cartridges which uh, yeah which i've got one of them yeah for, yeah for for yeah for, for, from from the gun what about um, helmets? Anything that you collect? Do you have one of them from your time? No, I don't. Oddly, here's a funny old story. I think so, you told me that someone came up to you. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, yeah. Was, yeah, that was a great I, story. Tell I, the story anyway. Uh, yeah, it was funny because I, I, so I ended up, I, I was flying the Airbus mm-hmm. um, in my air, Airways career and um, I, I check in and this guy comes up to me and says, all right, we're, we're flying together. Because what I should explain is that when you, when you, Flying in the airlines, basically, you you you've got a roster that says pitch up on this day at this time. Right. So you don't, you don't know you're flying with, or you can see a name, but you don't know that. Yeah. Probably, and you probably don't know who it is. You've probably never seen it before in your life. So you pick, and it's a bit like um, a bit like sort of dogs all kind of sniffing each other's bums. You know, <laughs> yeah. The all people sort of worrying yeah. around trying to work yeah, out yeah. who's who. And this guy comes and says, "Oh yeah, so we're flying together." Oh really? Oh, he said, "He said I'm so pleased to meet you." Really? <laughs> I'm thinking, why is what that? have I done? <laughs> yeah, what have I done? Yeah. <laughs> and he said, oh, he said when I was a kid, you know, I went to big air display and I wanted to buy a." A helmet, yeah, one of these. Uh, my dad said, "Yes, you can buy one." And we got this thing down. And it came on. It had the name on it. It was head flight attendant Napier, and, said, and it's your helmet from whenever it was in nineteen eighty something or other. Wow! And uh, and this guy had owned it, and he said, "I always wonder who this bloke was." And now I know. Yeah, that's a pretty cool story. It's yeah, it's fun. Is that yeah. rare? I'm guessing that was probably a rare occasion. I think it probably yeah. was actually. It was just un- unbelievable, really. This guy. But is it a little sticker or something was on the side? No, it was, it was over the top. Actually, I oh, think yeah, because uh, yeah, there was the the like cover over the uh, I think either the cover over the visor or something yeah. on the back of it that had that had the name on it. Yeah. And so the guy had seen the name, and then you know, and then you know, years later, gone. Hang on a minute, that's <laughs> the same bloke. Yeah, I recognise that name. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but I think also, I mean, from from my perspective, and probably from most of the guys who have actually you know flown all mm-hmm. that, is is you, you accumulate things that have that mean something to you as part yeah. of your. You so know, it's more like your, like something from your time rather. Than yeah, and, 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 and I look back particularly yeah. on, the, you know, on the photographs over there, really. Of, um, you know, the, the photographs on the top line there are, are all of me flying an aeroplane. Um, and, and the bottom line, the fact that the photograph of the hawk has got all the signatures of the guys that are on my flying yeah, training that, yeah. course. Yeah. And 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 the the, the photograph of the people are again the squadrons that I was on. Yeah. You know, so so that's where those come from, really. Um, so the, the things the, that, that do. That, oh, now that is it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's actually not mine. It's um, I'm 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 looking after it. I've got is that the boss's it, jet. Is supposed to be. It's the boss's flag actually oh, from right. 1966. Really? Yeah. The guy who was who ran 14 squadron in 1966 was a lovely bloke called Mac Furs. Okay. AFC. Why do you get an AFC? Well, he, I don't know what the what the story is about, or, but the reality is the reason he got the AFC is because in 1950. What's the AFC? Just in case. Air Force Cross. There we go. Yeah. So the reason he awarded this is because in about 1953, <coughs> 54, and mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure the dates. I could look them up. They're in there. Mm-hmm. Um, the RAF decided or. The RF and the Americans, between them, decided they needed to take some reconnaissance photographs of Russia. Right. So the the USAF had an aeroplane, but they didn't have the political will. Mm-hmm. The UK had the political will, didn't have the aeroplane. Right. So the deal was, right, RAF crew, American aeroplane. Right. 
RB45 tornado, mm -hmm. as it was. Actually, not that tornado, but yeah. yeah. And so um, this guy, Mac, was uh, the second pilot in an RB45 that flew over and was taking photographs. And they got as far as uh, Kiev. Really? Um, and then they were they started being shot at. Um, and a lot of missiles were launched and a lot of fighters were launched against them. Mm -hmm. And they thought, oh, we'd better get out of here. Yeah, yeah. There were actually, that night, I think there were about four or five other RB-45s doing stuff, but oh, they right. were the ones who attracted the attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they legged it out. So he got his AFC because he was in this, um, doing this completely and utterly secret mission. Wow. Flying over Russia, taking photographs. That's crazy. Um, and he was a lovely bloke. He was, um, I met him in the sort of 2000s. He turned up to uh, a squadron associations mm -hmm. and uh, a squadron reunions. And he was this bloke who... If you imagine someone like David Niven, who's somebody you'd imagine like being an absolute Hollywood star, mm -hmm. but the ultimate gentleman, absolutely gentlemanly, courteous, yeah. and the rest of it. And yeah. he, was, he was just, you know, he, he was just everything you epitome of, of yeah. what you what, what you want as a film star mm -hmm. and all that. And he and this was this guy, um, and he died a few years ago. And his brother got in touch. I went to his funeral, uh -huh. and his brother got in touch with me afterwards uh, earlier on this year and said, "Mike, um, I've got this flag. I don't want to do with it." And I mm -hmm. said, "Well, I, I do. <laughs> if you send it to me, what I'll do is I'll present it to the present 14 Squadron. Wow! Because I know they've got a flag from the First World War. Uh huh. So 100 years of history under it. That's actually halfway through 1966. So it fits in there, yeah. yeah. So I said, "Right, we're so." Uh, there's a squadron reunion in, uh, in next month, and I'm going to present that to the, uh, oh, wow. the squadron commander. That's really cool. Prince Takeaway, yeah. That's and that's nice. it. So that's that's his squadron commander's flag that's from really 1966. Cool. That's awesome. And 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 the bloke was an absolute gentleman and yeah. an, an utter star. He really was. So what happens at these squadron reunions? Uh, is it just basically a meal, or do you got? Just... Yeah, well, it's it's, it's a meal. <coughs> it's get together. It's um, is it a, a public complete... place, or is it on a base? Or... No, no. So, well, we've done everything actually. We've we've tried various things. We 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 did it. It was run when I when I started getting involved in it again when I was on fourteen squadron years and years ago. It was run by a wartime um, mm -hmm. guy, um, Joe Loder, who'd been a wireless operator on Marauders and then on Wellingtons oh, wow. um, back in the day. He's, I think he's ninety seven or ninety eight now. <laughs> um, but he um, was a lovely, lovely bloke, and he used to organise these things. And I got involved in it. I can't remember why. And then I said to him, "I'll help you." Mm -hmm. And eventually that became, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. So I kind of took over and he retired from, from running running this sort of a very loose association mm -hmm. in the sort of about early 2000s. Mm -hmm. And I took over from there. Um, and so it's, it's a, again, going back to the, what I'd mentioned about how squadrons have their own characteristics or mm -hmm. whatever. And 14 has, it's, it's a very friendly, um, non-macho if you like sort of mm -hmm. nice bunch of people and um so the reunions have, have, have there's been people from wartime years all the way through up to the present day and it's this sort of great sort of cross-section of people mm -hmm. and some guys come back every year some guys come back once every two years some every once every five years mm -hmm. and you get this mixture so you end up this continuous mixture of people um all of whom know each other vaguely or have some connection yes. yeah and uh, yeah have me ha you know ha have a few beers and um you know, the stories come out, and yeah, have, have a nice meal, and then more beers, and more stories come oh, out. Yeah, I guess. Um, and I, I, it's one of those things, classic things of, of things that everybody says every time is, you know, you wish when you're, you know, 30, 20, 30, 40, mm -hmm. whatever, that you actually had copied down all these stories. Yeah. I and mean, I remember being in a reunion in London where 
there was some old boy chatting away to us and he'd been on mosquitoes at the end of the war and was flying down Norwegian fields and shooting up um, uh, shipping and God knows what else. And of course we were... It was, yeah, yeah, whatever, anyway, have another beer, and yeah, well, yeah, anyway, we can go faster than you can, and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> yeah, that, you know, yeah. and, I, and I wish I'd, I wish I'd taken it all in, really, at the yeah. time, and, and actually, I realise now also, because I ended up having a very long email um, conversations with guys in Australia, and then realising that I'd actually physically met them probably 10 or 15 years earlier, mm-hmm. when they were probably in their mid-60s or whatever, and these were now guys in their 70s and 80s, um, yeah. and I thought, I wish I'd Again, it's almost I wish I'd known then what I know now, kind of thing. But, but again, I think it shows how important it is to to keep track of things and to understand things, oh, and to, yeah. to you know, to record things as well, really. Yeah, um, I think so. So that people can then later on, if they're interested, to, you know, find out what's going on. Yeah. Do you ever go but, to the, like tornado reunion? Yeah, there's uh, we we uh, yeah there, there there is one that happens once a year, um, and I have I've managed one I think so far in the last four years, mm-hmm. and it's one of those things that somebody says to me, you pitch up, and every time you turn a corner, there's somebody else on the same radio. Hey, mate, how are you? And then you have a two minute conversation, and then hey, mate, how are you? Yeah, I've seen a few pictures there. I'm guessing you know someone, John Nickel. Yeah, yeah. He you always post pictures of like the reunions, and it looks like there's a fair few of you. Yeah, I mean it's, it's literally it's it, you know it's, it's hundreds over the course of a yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, the the problem with that almost is that you have so little time, so many people in too little time. Yeah. So the thing about a squadron reunion, if you like, it, it's nice because you have more time yeah, of course, and fewer yeah. people. Yeah. Um, and then of course there's keeping up with mm-hmm. your mates and the rest of it. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. Yeah. So earlier we were talking about, you obviously, your son going into the RAF. So if yeah. you were going to pick now, which one would you go for, Typhoon or F-35? I'd go for Typhoon. I mean, the thing... Go for Typhoon. Well, I think that there are a number of reasons why that. One of them is that F-35, you're going to spend a lot of your life on yeah. a boat. Yeah. Now, if that suits you, that's great. Yeah. But actually, if you want to have a life, then I suspect it probably doesn't. I yeah, mean, I don't think I could deal with that. Bearing in mind, you know... Okay, yeah, my son went to medical school and the rest of it, so he's actually a bit more mature than the rest of them. So, you know, if, you, if you're 19, you're on a boat for five years, wow, yeah. yee-haw, let's do it. When you're 25, 29, whatever it is, then maybe you don't want to do that. Or yeah. Maybe, maybe you do it for, you know, like, like actually, like everything in life in aviation, you pitch up there, like, you know, as someone says to me about flying the A380, it'd be great to do it for one trip and then go, thanks very much, need a done. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so great land on the boat, thanks very much for doing yeah. that. <laughs> so, you know, typhoon. But also, I think the, I mean, the F-35, again, we did mention about a lot of the flying perhaps being in the simulator. Yeah, yeah. Do you really want to, well, it probably won't be, but still, do you really want to do that? Do you want to spend it in a real aeroplane? Yeah. I mean, typhoon, I think, is one of those aeroplanes where, you end up, and I think you spoke to Godders, I think. Yeah, I, Godders, I did yeah. see one of the things about, and I've heard it said as well by other people, that it's an aeroplane, you go in, you go in, you pull 9G, you come back with a smile that wraps three times around your face. Yeah, it's yeah. so much fun. Yeah, yeah. And to actually get an aeroplane that's fun to fly would be, I think, the business. Yeah. Really Do you think fantastic. the Typhoon's going to be like that kind of last generation we're going to have? I don't know. I think it... I, I, I'm not sure the F-35 is the way to go because it's so expensive and it's so... I wouldn't say limited in what it can do, but it, but it's it's. I mean, the whole thing, and you can you can read this book about the RAF is that the all the services, and not just the British services, but you know across everything, is yeah. everybody's ready to fight the last war mm-hmm. or the war that didn't quite happen, but yeah, not the one yeah. that actually happens. Mm-hmm. Which again is why Tornado was so good in you know in later on in Iraq, in Libya, in Afghanistan, because mm-hmm. it could switch. And it was flexible yep. enough to be changed mm-hmm. because actually, well, I mean, if you think this airplane was flying around Iraq at you know twenty odd thousand feet, dropping um, or firing um, the old um, 
you know, missiles that will take out one person at a single yeah. person using the laser guy thing when it was designed to, when I flew it first, to flash across at low level to drop a nuke on you know, somewhere in Poland and then come, you know, yeah, yeah, just back, yeah. at low level. That, that, I mean, that's poles apart. I mean, that is yeah. so far apart as to be almost untrue. And yet mm -hmm. that airplane could do that. Yeah. And so, um, the, you know, that to have an airplane that, that can do all of those things, mm -hmm. um, you know, is really important. And can F-35 do that? I don't know. Um, do you do you need something that expensive? Again, the Russians always went a different way. When you look at MiG-21... Not really rugged, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and oddly enough, I mean, again, the book I'm just editing at the moment, which will come out next year, about Cold, in Cold War skies, mm -hmm. is all about Air Force of the Cold War, mm -hmm. MiG-21, funny old thing. So MiG-21 arrives in 1960, actually is still there right at the end of it, but has been changed that many times. But again, because, I mean, as the Americans found in um, in Vietnam, Small manoeuvrable airplane. That's why they bought. They built the F sixteen because of what the MiG twenty one could do. Yeah, because the F four had no, famously no gun. That's, that's well, yeah. Although they did later have a gun as well, but yeah. also it didn't have the manoeuvrability. It was a big, heavy airplane, mm -hmm. you, a lightweight fighter that could, you know, that was tiny. I mean, one of the big things. I'm, you know, clearly I'm uh, as a mud move. I'm no expert, <laughs> but we did do we did do stuff at uh, at Chivna. We did train air defence guys, and, and now even flying the tutor, I'm you know, eyes out with a collision avoidance system with a um, FLAM, which is a, a glider avoidance oh, really? system. I still can't, you know, it'll tell me stuff there, and I still find it really difficult to see stuff. Really? And it's not my eyes. Yeah. Uh, no, because stuff is difficult to see, and, and if you've got a small, agile fighter that you can't see till it's in a position to shoot at you, yeah. then actually you're at a massive disadvantage. You yeah, know? yeah. You might be flying an F-35 that's invisible to radar, but if mm. someone can actually see it, Mm -hmm. then you're very, very vulnerable because you can't see them and they're probably more manoeuvrable than you are. So, again, do we go Typhoon? Do we go Lightweight Fighter? Where do we? I don't know where we go. Do we go something that's uh, where we seem to go at the moment towards Lightweight Fighter, maybe, and drones? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think they're trying um, to push Tempest quite a lot, aren't they? I think that's right, yeah. 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 I mean, I'm, That I'm, seems like it's going to be cost a lot of money and it'll probably take, what, 50 years to mm. come into service or something. Because how long Typhoon was quite a while before it came in. Was it well, was. It was ages. In fact, it's yeah. funny because it's called. It's called it EFB, again. Was it? Yeah, and in fact, when I was at Ryan Darlin, so we're now talking about the mid nineties, it's called EF two thousand. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we yeah. laughingly called it EF two thousand fifteen, where it was, <laughs> and I can't remember when it actually came into service. But it was again. But it was, and it was due to originally coming into service in about the mid nineties, I think. And yeah, I, I think the program yeah. started in the it mid just slips and slips and slips. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, there's, there's some actually. There's some pictures of already ones being scrapped. Really, Two seaters, yeah. yeah, the tranche ones or whatever. Which is called, a bit yeah. that I can't understand because having come through the whole of my um, air force or frontline career was a two-seat airplane. Yeah, yeah. I I can't get my mind around a single-seat airplane to do some of the jobs we did. And and I, and I get that it's an easy airplane, and I get that you know you can stick an autopilot and look down the old tile or yeah, or, yeah. Or, or, or the you know whatever the the latest. Uh, um, laser thing is mm -hmm. but what I can't get my around is the fact that actually two eyes and two brains are better than one and what I can't yeah. get my around is that I know that the guys that I flew with a lot and I, I mean I just spent last week with my mate Cookie in Abu Dhabi and we first met on our Chivna course mm -hmm. we flew together on 14 Squadron once we flew together at Chivna when I was there we flew together on 14 Squadron the next time there. yeah yeah and so it goes on but we were always much much better than the two of us added together. You yeah, know, that, yeah. That whole crew thing, and 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 the, and the essay that you've got, where there's you know four eyes all looking out in different directions, and yeah, you yeah. Know, it, it's different from just two quite busy doing stuff. Yeah. So I, 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 my thought 
again was that oh maybe they're going to stick all two seats into one squadron and then you've got a two seat squadron yeah that, I didn't think what, of that what that would a, make sense know, yeah. well they've got no navigators so that's I know, exactly yeah. they're, they're, I mean that's one of the things that struck me I went up to when I was doing the Tornado book actually I went up to Lossiemouth and I went arrived on the OCU there or Tornado training flight maybe it becomes mm. what it become by then mm. um, and the boss a lovely lovely bloke who who was so kind to me and so, and so receptive but there was one or two students and actually, the one student that I recognised was the guy who'd been a student on the TWU course that I'd yeah. been the staff on 20 years previously. Oh. And he'd actually left, and they said, oh, we're short of guys, can you come in? So he yeah. said, oh, I suppose so. Um, oh. And it, so it was full of, of uh, the back seat were a massively, massively experienced guys. Yeah, yeah. But they'd all kind of done their thing and then come back to it. And, yeah. and the Air Force didn't train anybody, and I think that's almost criminal. I, well, in fact, it was criminal because actually the backseaters are needed for things like the, 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 all, the all the big aeroplanes, mm -hmm. particularly um, you know the um, maritime reconnaissance Boeing thing, the F seven three seven P eight. Oh, the P eight Poseidon. Is that yeah, it? so you need guys for that. Um, I think they've been recruiting them, haven't they? So. Well, they, they have, yeah. Yeah, because um, I think uh, some of the age was like fifty odd or fifty. Well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and people were people were thin. Is it right to go in? It's like, well, if they can do the job, who cares? Well, that's right. I, I, it's funny actually because again, yeah, my kind of attitudes that have changed because when I, it's having done the airline flying where you know captains are in their fifties and later on 60s. I never quite made it that far because I got bored before it. But um, <laughs> but in their 50, 40s and 50s, where you're talking experienced guys, but in, I mean, on an Air Force station like Bruggen, when I was there, um, so most of the air crew would have been in their late 20s, early 30s. Mm -hmm. Most of the ground crew would have been a bit older than that because the the, the, yeah, the sergeants and the, and, and the chief techs and guys that were experienced experienced guys. So, so we're probably talking about 40s there. Right. But but in terms of officers, um, we're talking most of the guys being early or late 20s, early 30s. Mm. We're talking about squadron commanders perhaps being early 40s. Right. We're talking about the old man, mm -hmm. the station commander, being mid-40s. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, that's, that's much younger than I am now. Yeah. <laughs> That's and that whole sort of, you know, it's a much, much younger culture. Mm -hmm. um, and so moving to the civvy world now, we're, you know, it's a much, well, I don't know, it's not, it, it, there's a much bigger age gap perhaps between, um, you know, between the left hand and the right hand seat mm -hmm. around. So, but again, that's, it seems to be moving into the, you know, in, into the Air Force world as well. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, well, because I first saw that uh, post and there's a lot of people actually I've seen who follow on social media and they've actually, yeah, went back to their training in America yeah. at the moment and they're about 50, 50 yeah. odd. Right, so we've got this, what we got again, this We're same back as on, this is, yeah, this is uh, hooky, hooky Gold, yeah. Is this the local so, brew? The local brew from Hook yeah. Norton, yeah, fine stuff. Yeah, so fine do now. you have a local pub around here that you go to? We, um, yeah, we do. There, um, there, there is a pub in the village, actually, but okay. it's, it's derelict. Oh, is it really? <laughs> yeah, it has been. For, it's one of those stories, of, sadly, of, um, of many pubs where somebody bought it, closed it, and then decided decide they want to um, you know, make it into flats and were told no. And so it's been going for probably about 30 years now. I mean, it's really? that long, yeah. So but, tell us about your new book that you're writing at the moment. When's, there, when's so, it finally coming out? Well, the, the two that are running at the moment, I'm actually, the, yeah, I'm actually running, um, or we're just editing one call. It's going to be called In Cold War Skies. And it's basically a history of the, mm -hmm. uh, of the Air Force of the Cold War. Um, so through the, from 1949 through to 1989, so formation of NATO to the end of the... Um, or to the fall of the Berlin Wall, and just sort of tracking the 
airplanes and the way uh, Air Force were organised and all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. Um, first, the first bit sort of follows, or four chapters worth, does the um, NATO and the Warsaw Pact. Yeah. Um, and again, it's, it's actually quite interesting to get into it of how things were organised. I can and, imagine. Uh, how do you go about researching that, though? For instance, um, like a random air force. How do you get into that the it, detail of that? It, it, it's quite quite interesting actually. Trying to, 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 I mean, the, I do start online to see because there there are quite a few things that are published online, and, and there, for example, the history of the of the Turkish air force, bizarrely, and the Danish air force. Mm -hmm. Some guys actually made the effort, and it's there sort of. Right. Kind of for free, and the rest of it's putting stuff in books. I've got a whole lot in there. There's Canadian Air Force. There's the Soviet stuff, and was that when you were putting asked me things to, together? You were asked for, um, for Arnold's uh, information. You asked mm. for is that was that for this book or something? It was because what we wanted to put in it was a few <coughs> kind of I was there little stories. Right. Yeah. Um, and I dug up some some Russian ones bizarrely because again looking okay. on the. Again, through the internet, getting to articles and estimate, you get little articles where published by people who. So there was guys who shot down a um, a B forty seven, RB forty seven, I think it was. Again, the story was there. There was an interesting one about some guys who again shot down another <laughs> another um, American um, <laughs> an RB sixty six, I think it was. These RBs don't um, have much luck. <laughs> well, they don't, do they? But but again, they were the guys who who, who, yeah. who, who pressing the test really. Um, and um, there was another Russian one, which actually, yeah, it was interesting. It was a guy who'd been witness to one of the big nuclear drops. So they'd yeah. actually been in this bear and dropped this stuff and pulled off and then, um, yeah, and, and seen all that happen, uh, which was interesting yeah. to, to read. And, and he was, I think he was a regimental commander, and it was his memoir of it was, and saying how proud he was that his boys had done this and hadn't screwed oh, yeah. up and to think. Um, and then getting some, some sort of um, stuff back from... Uh, from the western side of it as well, um, a guy launched in lightnings to uh, and then switched off. Yeah, right. Get airborne. Everything switched off. Mm -hmm. Switch everything on. Suddenly, boom! Everything's full. Yeah. And it was the kind. Of, I think it was the um, Russian Air Force had sent their seventy fifth anniversary. Or they sent everything airborne, <laughs> and he was there going, "Wow, what's happening?" Yeah. Um, really interesting stuff from um, some Swedish guy. Uh, Swedish guy who um, was launched from QRA in his Vigan. And discovered that he was actually uh, intercepting an SR seventy one, which had had an engine failure. Oh uh, yeah, I think I've heard they, that. These story, guys yeah. got the air, the air, uh, got the US Air Medal out of it. Wasn't but, there? Um, yeah, there was a couple of them, wasn't there? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this was the guy who who was actually launching curator, and he was a squadron commander. So, so he wow. took his team and yeah. yeah. Um, and actually, I've just had one recently, which was really interesting. With a guy who'd been he he was launching QRA to look at a a May. Um, maritime uh, patrol aircraft over from Nor he's a Norwegian, so he's mm -hmm. in his 104. And he, there's a couple of Mays on patrol. He comes back, and as he's coming back at low level, they, they drop down a load old to look at some ships. He sees this contrail going. That's going fast. What of that is? So reheats, <laughs> yeah. pull, and uh, his mate tries to follow him, but falls out, and uh, it's a foxbat. Wow. And uh, yeah, so he rolls out, and it works. He says he works out perfectly. He comes underneath this thing and rolls out, and he's there. Whoa. And uh, he 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 realised that because he'd he was supposed to be going home, so of course in 104 there's not a lot of fuel, and mm -hmm. he's now into oh my god there's no fuel, but I've got to take some photographs, and he he, he managed to snap a whole lot of photographs just as he came on one side and took what last one, and the, and the guy there's this sort of, yeah oh. a bit like on the old both of them around again, yeah. hang on, <laughs> it was a two seat one, and off it went, Whoa. and he then yeah. 
So you've got them so photos? Are they going to be? I'm, I'm not sure if we can find the photos or not because they went back into the Norwegian right um, scene. Sort of thing. So we will look and see. But we've got his story. That's going so, to be brilliant. So that that will be good fun. And what I also did, which was I found really interesting, was to go through and I so I'd, I'd done it in chapters of the sort of. 50s, 60s, 70s, but mm -hmm. also in the middle of each one, to draw up a, an order of battle of all the units mm -hmm. that were oh, in kind of central yeah. Europe. Yeah. And it's quite interesting to see what, what people had where, mm -hmm. but also to see how the same units then so basically got you know got um, um, re-equipped and how you know like the Canadians you end up one stage and the Canadians end up with so they've got a, a group of four wings of. F-86s that then mm. eventually comes down to three squadrons of 104s and how it, how <laughs> yeah. it changes and, and that's just one example yeah. but, but also putting together all, all the stuff on the far side of the um, you know the, the Iron Curtain all, all you know the Russians the Poles the Czechs is that easy information to get hold of? I, I tracked it all down eventually. I mean, there's a fair amount of looking through books, through looking, searching through websites, through all sorts of bits and pieces and of course anything on the internet you then have to cross check with somebody else to make sure it's actually correct. Of course, um, yeah. But again, it was it was an interesting project to just put it all through and, and to say, right, this is what everybody had, let's say, in 1965. Mm -hmm. Boof, there you go. And this and is where everybody was. And this is the units. And yeah, the, yeah. Um, so, yeah. And do you I mean, enjoy the process of writing and finding this information? I love it, yeah. yeah I'm, I mean, I, I am a, you know, again, all these books. I, I am a closet and, you know, man with an anorak and you know, taking <laughs> the, the, the locomotive's numbers down. Yeah, that's, I, I love it. I really love finding the stuff out. And I really also love finding stuff out and then... Try you know getting stuff from in and then then putting it all together, and putting it all together in a way I'm an, I'm I'm a bear with a little brain but mm -hmm. in a way that even I can understand. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm just doing one on so I've just started one on Korea now. So we're looking at the Korean War. I was going to do it from the RAF perspective. Mm -hmm. Again, I've mentioned to you that eighty odd guys who flew all these different things. So they there's a, yeah. there's a finger in every single pie there. But publishers say, well, actually, we want it from we want the whole thing. Interesting, though, to look at, well, what do the Chinese do? What do the Russians do? And again, there are books on that. So I've got those books. And I'm going through those. So the publisher actually has a big say in what they want, like what you, they want you to write as such. Y yeah, or, because they don't want to publish something they can't sell. Right. Okay. So, you, so whatever you, you, as an author, if you're trying to write a book, you've got to be able to sell it. But even if you've um, been working with that publisher for a while, does that just trust your judgment? Mm. Still no. Okay, I thought you'd be... No, um, I mean, and rightly so. I mean, I don't know what, what will sell and what won't. Right, okay. Um, so I'm working with, with, with Jasper, my editor, who's, who's got a pretty good idea. He's been in, he's a guy who he flew in the, in the fleet air arm in the 1960s oh, wow. and went into publishing in the 1970s. So, yeah, so he's, he's even older than I am. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got a really, he's been in publishing that long. He's got a really good idea of what, what, what could works. work and what, yeah. what won't. Um, and so between us, it's a matter of sort of working out what, where, where the opportunities are and, and what will or won't work and what I can and can't do. I mm -hmm. know my own limitations. But, I mean, the fascinating thing about Korea is that um, nobody, as far as I can tell, has written the story from everybody's point of view. So there's lots of stuff on the American perspective. Of course. There are a couple of books on the Russian perspective, which are very biased. Of course, yeah. There's a couple on the Chinese perspective. Mm -hmm. And there's one that I've come across, uh, which is written by American, I have to say, but all about the, the North Korean perspective. Mm -hmm. So, the, and I, the Australians were hugely involved. I hadn't realised that, but they uh, they had a squadron out there. South Africans are hugely involved, and again, I've got information from them as well. So it's putting all that together and making it work, but also making it in a way that's not um, that, that isn't biased in any particular mm. way. And one of the nice things is that there's all this secondary information around. 
Yeah. Um, but there's also, in the National Archives, and I've got a whole lot of stuff, which is primary information from Brits who were there. Is public domain, that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. all public domain stuff. But, but it's stuff that, you know, reports written by the um, by RAF yeah. guys about, well, I was there, and this is what I saw, and this is what we did, and here's my assessment. And so you can then use that to sort of mod moderate yeah. <laughs> the other things and yeah. make sure it all makes sense, which, which it does. But I, I'm one of the things, in, in a way, I mean, it's, it's sad because it's all detailed, but um, I was... I'm trying to string together what happened in the first well, about two months of the war, where mm, basically yeah. the, the, the Korean North Koreans invaded and, every, <coughs> yeah. and, and everything pushed south very very quickly. Yeah, um, and the, the uh, because I'm I'm not in America looking at the original records, mm-hmm. and that would probably take me years to get through all that anyway. <laughs> I'm relying on, on, on secondary um, and, and official histories and things like that. But yeah. but even so, they they tend to. Um, yeah, you know, one says one thing, another says the other, and, and then you're trying to get dates, and they don't quite match, and all that sort yeah. of stuff. And I, and I literally just found something the other day, and went, "Wow, I've suddenly found the cruise um, report of a particular, you know, the USS Valley Forge yeah. for these two days, and what they say happened at the time isn't what either these people say. So now I know that's the truth, and those aren't. Right, now, I see. Yeah. So it's actually really great to find the real information. And go right. Do you know what? I'm, and so this will be a book which will be the kind of the whole of the Korean War. All oh, right. Air, air war. Put together, and what publishers is it going to be? It's Osprey. Osprey, yeah. So Cold Wars come out comes out next summer, and Korean I don't know what's going to be called yet, Korean Skies or something. Yeah. Um, it's going to come out the year in twenty twenty one. So it's a shame we didn't manage to bring everything year forward because yeah. the Cold War ended it fifty years ago. Yeah, next yeah. year. Yeah. This year, and uh, next year would have been fifty years for the Korean War. So everything's slightly a year out, but but there we go. Yeah. Um, and to produce something which I hope will give the whole story of, of the air war over Korea in a in an even handed way. Yeah, I mean I hadn't realised, and not many people firstly that because the um, the Americans thought they were fighting the Chinese to start with in their okay. mid fifteens. Yeah, but they weren't. They're were fighting Russians. Uh-huh. Russians were very good. Uh-huh. And actually, again, if you read the stories about well, you know, we took out and there, there were ten there was a ten to one kill ratio. Well, there wasn't actually. Uh-huh. It was about probably the other way around. Well, no, it wasn't the other way around. But it was probably. I mean, the MiG-15 was actually a better aeroplane than the Sabre. Yeah, I've heard that before. Um, the again, one of the, one of the interesting things that, which I hadn't thought of. Uh, all these things you just never think of. But so a MiG-15 has got massive guns on it. It's got a thirty-seven millimeter cannon. That's an mm-hmm. anti. That's an anti-tank gun. That's huge. <laughs> yeah, and two twenty-seven mils, which is what that the Tornado had. Yeah. So it's got more guns than that had. Um, <laughs> So if one of those hit you, it would just take the wing off. It was, desi- yeah. it was designed to shoot, to shoot down B-29s and things like that. Yeah. So if it hit a, you know, a Sabre, mm-hmm. you would take the wing off it. But it was really slow firing. So if you could turn inside it, it would be firing so slowly that you, it wasn't going to hit you. Um, on the other hand, a Sabre had six machine guns. Mm. Okay, so bah, off it goes. But in a, and if you hit a piston engine airplane with that you probably take it out because yeah. there's, there's all the sort of um coolant and god knows what else in a jet airplane particularly those original jets which are really um you know there's a, a, a centrifugal turbine or most of it so they're really yeah. quite rugged and actually nothing else around exactly yeah you'd hit it and you just make holes in it and That's then it. make no difference so guys were looking at the film going yeah it's definitely a kill which it would have been in world war ii yeah but it in now it isn't yeah so guys were claiming quite i mean in good faith were claiming kills mm-hmm. which weren't mm. 
And the guys will just go, right, dive down. Thank you much. I'll land this one. We'll put some patches on it. I'll get an error on another one and go up again. Exactly. Um, so well, it again, sounds like it's going to be a brilliant book. But it, uh, it's, a, it's a fascinating project. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to getting involved in it. Um, we'll definitely keep our viewers updated on that. But uh, before we wrap up, Mike, where, where can we find your books online and yourself? If, if well, I do, I do have an, um, a website, which is... Um, I'm trying to remember what it is now because I haven't <laughs> logged on to it myself. So <laughs> but um, it's mjwnapier.com. Right. And actually, I need to put on some details about the um, mm-hmm. about the Cold War skies and the Korean stuff. Um, but all that stuff is is available. It's you know in in bookshops or in on Amazon. You can get them there. Yeah. So it's all it's all there. Do you have uh, book um, pages on Facebook or anything like that? No, I haven't actually. Um, I haven't got around to that. And I've done I've done Facebook pages for the Tornado book and for Tornado over the Tigris, which is my yeah. own recollections yeah. um, and for the Javelin book as well um, and it's difficult to tell whether those actually do translate because people do like them and follow them yeah, yeah. whether those translate into book sales or not I don't know I mean it depends um, how much you push it but um, yeah it, uh, yeah it does and I I, I mean again I, I don't feel the need to push the RAF book to an extent I yeah. don't feel the need to put with this new publisher who actually do things themselves Um the Tornado of the Tigris book, which is my own recollection, is, is the one that I'm probably most proud of. Yeah, yeah. It is that. And, yeah. and I do try and put stuff out every now and then. And I think what I think I've got something like 700 followers or something. Um, that's pretty and good. I've got, yeah. And we've sold, I think there's about 800 hard copies and about 750-odd e-copies. Uh-huh. Um, is it possible it, for people to get signed copies or is that... Yeah, if people contact me, they can do. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, yeah, I've, I've got some here which I can, which I, mm-hmm. which I can do. So yeah, they they they, they can do that, and it'd, it'd be great if people yeah, can if do people that. Yeah, people want, I'll, um, I'll, I'll, want I'll that. put them um, into your way. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't. Again, it's one of those things difficult to sound arrogant or trying to follow your own stuff, but it, I think it is quite a good book, and people who've read it seem to really enjoy it. It's got so, great reviews. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it isn't just me saying that. exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, but yeah. If, if people want to buy that, and, and I think it. I mean, again, it just it it does evoke the, that sort of <coughs> the Cold War as it yeah. was, but also that that change between that and then the sort of high level stuff over Iraq that yeah. then carried on for years and years and years and years. Well, right, right up till till almost now, really. Well, brilliant. Um, well, so as I say, I'll, I'll I'll link all your stuff up and your website. Hopefully, it'll be updated by the time this goes out. Well, so yeah, don't forget to buy the gin either. That's <laughs> the gin, nice. Yeah, the gin. Yeah, it was absolutely <laughs> brilliant. So thank it was you actually. It's really nice. But I, I have to say, you kind of always think, well, really, yeah. well, there's a high octane. But actually, that was really nice, wasn't it? Yeah, was um, they have a few. I think they have about eight. So uh, this is a tornado yeah. one, which is very apt, and it's by Defiant uh, Distillery. So it is. Yeah, check them out. So, but Mike, oh, thanks so very good. much for that. Uh, Cheers, mate. Yeah, nice to see you. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah.